The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Frank Griffith at Calvary Community Church in Brentwood, California. You'll find more information at calvarytruth.org. Today we're going to be looking at uh, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. Uh, this, This portion of the book kind of explains how Paul sees the problem of the way that they have switched gospels. He had preached the gospel to them, the gospel of grace, the gospel that's, for example, described for us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 8. It says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship. And what he means by that is, you weren't saved because you did good works. Instead, you do good works because you're saved, because God has made you his workmanship which is, is the, the, um, it's the foundation of the word we have in English call, uh, that's poem. It was a work of art. He says, we, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. In other words, God did a work in us that ends up producing the effect of good works. We didn't get saved by our good works, but because we are saved, uh, the Spirit leads us to live a life that he characterizes as good works. And that was God's intention, to save us so that we could be freed up to live before him because we want to, because we die, desire to, and we find pleasure in living for God and understanding him and doing good works that glorify him. That's what he's called us to. But we weren't saved because of those things, but we, we do those things because we're saved. What we're looking at in these few verses, verses 6 through 10, I'm going to read the verses to you. This, he says, I am, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. The word different here means a different of a different kind, a different gospel that's not the same. He says, which is really not another of the same kind. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we have preached to you, he is a a curse. He's anathema. There's a curse on him. As we have said before, so I say now again, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary, in contradiction to what, what you receive from me, he is accursed, he is anathema. For I am, am I now seeking the favor of man or of God? And the implication of this is that the answer is he is seeking the, the favor of God, not of man. He's not trying to please men, he's trying to please God. He goes on, or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. He says that's the distinction of a bondservant of Christ. He lives for the glory of Christ and to please Christ, that he would be pleased with his life. Well, in this this section, he talks to us about the perils of a perverted gospel. That is a gospel that's been twisted and changed. And this gospel has been changed. For example, what I just quoted from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's the gospel he preached to them. But they have turned to a different gospel, a gospel that presents salvation as something that you can earn through your efforts, through your good works. 
And uh, Paul wants them to understand that that's not the true gospel. And for you to turn to that gospel, he describes it in four ways in this section in, of, of Galatians. He says, first of all, it's a desertion. desertion. You have deserted. He uses a word that means military desertion. When you've turned away from your responsibility and you have gone to another, a completely different way of living. So you are involved in outright desertion. The word, the Greek word metatithomy is, is uh, related to our word metastasize. It's, it's a change that's taken place. Uh, these military recruits turned and ran. It's a desertion of the true gospel. Uh, because this word has, to, has, has the idea of a military or political defection, someone who has uh, ran from his responsibility. The other thing about this word that's interesting is that it's in a form that means you and you alone did this. You, you did, did this of yourself. No one forced you to turn to this false gospel. You willingly did it. And second, you were deserting God himself. Because God has extended to you this favor of saving you based on the work of Christ. And third, you are deserting grace. How are you deserting grace? Well, as I quoted from Ephesians 2, uh, God saves us as a gift. It's not of works that anyone should boast, for we as workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So he has given us this gift of salvation, and you are deserting him because he has given you this wonderful gift. And you are deserting grace, the principle of grace. The salvation is a gift to be received. It's not something to be earned and, uh, and made. Uh, it's not something that I can deserve, not something that I can earn. It's not something that I can cause to take place. It's something that God gives to me when I put my faith in his son. And so he says, you're deserting grace by adding additional requirements for salvation to what Christ has once and for all done, they had deserted God and grace. Grace only is the only basis on which we can relate to God in any sense. In fact, we're told in Romans chapter 11, verse 6, this is what it says. He says, um, for, by, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. If I get something from someone because I earn it, I work for it, and I earn it, that's not grace. I'm getting what I deserve and what I've earned. But what the salvation we received was a gift from the Father, and he gladly gave it to us based simply upon our faith in Christ. And so what Paul talks about in these, in these verses, verses 6 through 11, is he's talking about the fact that they have turned away from the gospel. And so he calls it a desertion. This so-called gospel is an invitation to desert God, desert grace, and the one true gospel. And so he, 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 he confronts them over this. He tells them, first of all, you're involved in an outright desertion. And uh, secondly, you are deserting God himself. And third, you're deserting grace. So by adding any additional requirements for salvation, if I preach the gospel to somebody and I tell them, if you do good works, God will give you uh, salvation because you have earned it, then I'm not preaching the gospel. And uh, you are deserting the one true gospel because it is, a, it is a gospel of grace. It's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace, as Paul says. 
And the second thing he says about this, uh, accepting this new gospel, turning to a new gospel, is that it is a distortion. This so-called gospel, gospel is a total distortion of the one true gospel. It's, it's not the true gospel. It isn't what Ephesians 2.8 says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. If we can keep that one thing straight, that good works are not the cause of our salvation, but rather good works are the cause, are the effect of salvation. The cause of our salvation is the grace of God, the effect of our salvation is we do good works as we uh, live out our identity in Christ Jesus. And then he says it's a distortion of the one true gospel. It's not, it's not the true gospel. It's a variation of the true gospel. But it's something that men are quicker to receive than they are to receive the true gospel of grace. Because this is saying, hey, you want to earn salvation? You can do it this way. But he also says in, in verses 8 and 9 that this so-called gospel is the person who preaches it is in great danger. He says that it is a damnation, anathema. The person who preaches a gospel of works is anathema in the eyes of God. He has been condemned by God. Uh, you know, you can take a beverage that could be perfectly healthful and refreshing, but if you put one drop of poison in it, it can be poison to you. It can kill you. And uh, this gospel that he, they have distorted and they have used it to replace the true gospel, it does great damage not only to the people who hear it and believe it, but also to the person who preaches it because it's called a, a delusion. Uh, the person who believes it is deluded. He, he doesn't see truth as it really is. Paul answers uh, the Gentiles, uh, what, what they said about Paul was the reason he doesn't like to preach circumcision is that the Gentiles don't want to hear it and the Jews know that it's true. And so he's telling these, these Gentiles a lie that they don't have to keep the law. They don't have to have the signs of the law in their body. And the truth is a gospel that, that Paul told them the truth. Uh, he, he did not withhold any truth from them. He told them the truth. Uh, just like uh, Abraham was saved before he was circumcised, which was a, one of the signs of the Old Covenant, that circumcision was a mark of a person being a true Jew and in a right relationship with God. Whereas in the New Covenant, we are saved by grace through faith, not by keeping the law, not by having certain signs on our body, but rather because we have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. And what we are told is Christ has come to live within us. Not only did God did the Father give his Son for us, but he also gave his Son to us so that he comes to live within us. And our Christian life is actually the living out of this relationship. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, in the next chapter of this book, he says, I've been crucified with Christ, and yet, I, and he says, and I no longer live, and yet uh, I, I live by faith in Christ. His, his whole life is simply Christ living through him. So Christ is, has come to live within every believer who has put his faith in Christ. And going to another gospel is denying the true gospel that has been the basis of your salvation and your reconciliation with the living God. And so Paul sees this as a very serious issue. 
He sounds angry, but he's not angry because he has prayed for them. He has gone to them. He has written them letters. He's done everything he could to get them to turn away from this false gospel and to embrace the true gospel. And we are called as believers to help Christians know what the true gospel is. It is our responsibility to understand the true gospel so that we can explain to a believer, if they veer from the truth, how serious it is because they're abandoning the only way they could be saved and made right with God. And so it's our responsibility to know the difference between the true and the false gospel. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and following is probably the best passage to memorize so that you won't forget what the true gospel is. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. God gave it to us. It's, it's what he's done for us. He's given us faith. He has so worked in our lives that we have come to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that Christ has done everything necessary for us to come into a right relationship with God. And it has brought peace to our lives. First of all, it's brought relational peace. We are at peace with God. That's called justification. God has declared us to be right with him. And so even though we have not lived a perfect life, and we never will live a perfect life until we are in his presence, but what has happened is we have come to rest our faith in Christ Jesus, and we have received the gift of salvation, the gift of forgiveness, the gift of reconciliation with the living God. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to cling to this true gospel. He wants us to to take hold of it and not let it go, for it is the only thing that will bring a person out of condemnation that is being alienated from God into justification, being made right with God. And when we are right with God, then the Holy Spirit is able to empower us to preach this gospel to whoever God brings into our path. And that's what our purpose in life is. We want to, we want to proclaim this true gospel to those who need to hear it in order to be made right with God and to experience the glory and the joy of coming to know Christ. The Christian life is all about Christ in you. It's you having a relationship with Christ and Christ, in, Christ actually influencing you in everything that you do because he is living in you and he is li- you are living under his influence. And so we need to be right about our gospel, that the gospel that we were saved by is the only gospel that will save others. It's the gospel, the good news of Christ dying for us, paying the penalty for our sins, and making us right with the living God. Let's pray. Our Father, we are grateful to you for giving us the Lord Jesus Christ, giving us this gospel that can save us, that can restore our relationship with you, and that can also completely change our hearts. So we pray that we would take seriously this issue, Father, that you have given us the true gospel and we have believed it. And we pray that that would be the only gospel that we present to anybody because it's the only gospel that can save and make whole. And we long to see others come to know Christ and to experience the blessedness of being a follower of Jesus. We ask this in his name and for his glory. Amen. To respond to this message or learn more, please visit calvarytruth.org.